Hello, folks. Gary Washburn here for the 15th edition of the Washburn Files podcast. A lot going on in the NBA. Uh, As you guys have followed and know, we have uh, teams playing for the play-in tournament, trying to get into the play, trying to avoid the play-in tournament because nobody, I said, really wants to play in the play-in tournament besides Washington, maybe, uh, you know, teams like the Celtics are just trying to avoid getting to the sixth or fifth seed. Uh, The MVP race is shaking itself out a little bit. So is other awards, the rookie of the year, the sixth man. Uh, We're seeing that teams are are coming, rising to the top. Phoenix played well that East Coast road trip. Uh, Utah beat the Kings by 49 points at Sacramento without Donovan Mitchell. What does that say about Luke Walton? Um, There's a lot going on, but we have a special, special guest. Don't get no specialer than my man, Vincent Goodwill from Yahoo Sports, a uh, marvelous NBA writer, all around Detroit's own, all around mess talker. I said before, don't get into any exchanges with this dude. Uh, I've seen many Twitter followers go down the fire trying to come at Vinny on Twitter. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't push sin. As Herm Edwards used to say, do not push sin. Just take your lumps and keep it moving because Vinny will will get you. Anyway, welcome, Vinny. Um, Glad you're here. Long time coming. Um, And it's, it's it's, it's, Nine, ten games left for these teams. We're figuring out what's going on in the league in terms of like um, the playoff seasons are shaking out. We now know that the Lakers are going to be likely the fifth seed and not having you know, they're going to start the playoffs on the road probably at Denver, um, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Sorry, Brooklyn and Philadelphia are fighting for number one. Milwaukee's like he locked in at third, especially when you give up a fifty ball to Kevin Porter. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. We, we can talk, definitely talk about that. Um, you're supposed to be an elite defense. You give him a 50 ball to Kevin Porter. I like Kevin Porter, but wow, he dropped, he dropped him. He ain't even but 20 years old. He dropped 50 bars on you, but, um, all kinds of things in the NBA, but Vinny, I want to start out West. Um, what do you see from, do you think Phoenix or Utah can make the Western conference? Not, not to make the finals, Make the Western conference finals, will one of them or both of them be in the finals? Or is it just going to be Lakers-Clippers? Is it bad that I want Lakers-Clippers, Gary? Do I, do I want the Gary Washburn series? Do I, do I want the, the, the Gary Washburn 227 <laughs> Regina King LA Crossroads series? Because that's what I want. For those who don't know, Gary Washburn went to high school with Regina King. I don't know if he ever spoke to her. I don't know if she ever knew he exists. But exactly. he did go to high school. And Neil, and Neil Long. So, and, yeah. and, and Sonal Lathan. Or oh, you with the college with Sonal Lathan. With the college with Sonal Lathan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Gary Washburn went, went to high school and college with all these beautiful women. They have no idea who he is. Exactly. But, they don't. <laughs> but to answer your question, I want Lakers Clippers. I don't know if I can trust team can't get right. But if there's a team I trust out of Utah and Phoenix, it's probably Phoenix. Just because... Chris Paul, his leadership, and his big shot making down the stretch, we've probably seen that a little bit more over the past couple of weeks because they've been out east and they've been able to play at reasonable reasonable hours uh, of the night. Um, but Chris Paul and Devin Booker being able to hit tough shots late in the shot clock, late in the games, that helps you during the playoffs because we know 
everybody knows what everybody runs and everything else. And it comes down to basically my guy being better than your guy. So although Chris Paul has had a checkered team history, only making it to the conference finals once, he's been a pretty good playoff performer. Utah's a little bit different because while Donovan Mitchell is hurt and they are a better team this year, you do see them having an ace in the hole in their defense in terms of Rudy Gobert being at the being at the rim. You can kind of scheme them out of out of things sometimes, but you feel like their defense is going to keep them into in games more. With Phoenix, their Achilles heel is a little bit of their inexperience. You know what I mean? Where you know Mikael Bridges, even Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Cameron Payne. You got all these guys who have not played in big money winner-take-all playoff series. Or Cameron Payne played in it when he was in Chicago, but Cameron Payne was not. You, you were there for that series, Gary. Gary, Boy, that, he that, that was not pretty, was it? Boy, has he gotten better. I mean, he has. He's improved I mean, so much. Cameron Payne couldn't have beaten Martin Raw Dog Payne in a game of one-on-one as a rookie or in his first couple of years in Oklahoma City in Chicago. You know, Martin Payne would have gotten his butt. But now... <laughs> Cameron Payne's turned himself to a pretty solid, dependable backup point guard. I'm happy for his progress because obviously he got drafted out of Murray State, you know, hoping to be like kind of another piece in Oklahoma City. And man, he kind of bounced around. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Phoenix doesn't have the experience. Aiden, to me, is a guy who he just disappears at times. Like he should just be more dominant. And I just think he's giving in a little bit too much to Paul and Booker. Like, there's going to be nights where Dayton eight needs to go for 26 and 16 and just dominate the paint. I've seen it every now and then, but, like, the game in New York, you need 12 and 8, you know, 13 and 10. Like, he's just the third guy. Like, he's got to say, hey, give me the ball. But isn't that hard to do in that setting? Because you got Chris Paul barking in your ear like a chihuahua all day and all night. Like, like, where's the air? You know, you know Devin Booker's the guy. He's the franchise player, as he should be. And then Chris Paul comes in as this leader figure, leader guy, which he's obviously been throughout the course of his career, where wherever he's gone, he's helped teams improve. They've gone to the playoffs. They've, they've been in positions to be able to take the next step. For Aiton to be a guy in his third year, like, that's a lot to ask him. No matter what your size is, you still got to deal with little fella in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like that's that's that that's a lot. You don't feel like you're hearing Chris Paul's mouth. But if you look at the advanced stats, and I'm not a, a, a creature of that, but his win shares are just as high as Chris Paul's. Like you wonder if he is quietly more valuable than what people give him credit for. And playing defense, defending the rim, being able to score, you know, close in. I think he's a huge key for them. And yeah, he can demand the ball more, but I just think as a young guy, he is super, super valuable. Maybe that's a function of playing with Chris Paul. You know what I mean? But I I really like him. I really like Monty Williams. I'm very curious to see if they play the Clippers in the second round, who's going to break first? Is it going to be Chris Paul or is it going to be Paul George? Because both of those dudes give you different vibes in the playoffs. Paul George has given us some real vibes in the postseason. Chris Paul has had his moments where he's thrown away playoff games, and those two dudes don't like each other. So, Gary Washburn, you tell me, as a member of Light Skin Elite, which of those two not light skinned brothers are going to, you know, break first? Which which player do you trust less in a I, in a playoff setting? Paul I trust, George. He's playing I trust with Paul Leonard? George less. I just I trust Paul George less. I think 
Paul has a sense of urgency. Paul's 35, about to be 36, I think coming up. Um, so his clock is ticking. You know, he's not going to play till he's, he's not going to be, you know, 42. He, he's got three, two, three years left. I mean, he can, yeah. he can, you know, he can go a kind of a John Stockton where he can maybe play till 40 and, and kind of be at a productive level, but not at this level. So his clock is ticking to win a championship. And I think that he'll, he'll kind of will them um, into a, and then Phoenix is a hard place to play. I just don't trust the Clippers on the road. Uh, like, and let's see what Kawhi, how Kawhi does and how, how they do. I, I you want to like the Clippers and they, they, they let Doc go and they got Tyron Lue and it was okay. This is the answer. New, we're going to put Paul in different positions and we're going to not have him come off so many pick and rolls. We're going to have, like, we're going to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And it's resulted in like the third seed. I mean, it's like, okay. I mean, and I know they've had injuries and, and now Patrick Beverly's out and they got, you know, they traded for Rondo and they got rid of Lou Will, which I think will be interesting to see how that develops. But they got so, so much talent. They got a lot of roster. They got a lot of talent. I mean, man, Ibaka, Marcus Morris, like dudes who would start and get major minutes for many teams are all coming off the bench. Even like a guy like Patrick Patterson, a solid player, like one through 11. It's like, why aren't they better? And you can blame the injuries and Kawhi's load management and Paul George's toe or whatever, but or the lack of a, a true point guard until Rondo, but I don't know if I trust them to win a game seven at Phoenix. Um, That's going to be, you know, would have likely close to field arena. That's going to be an interesting thing. And I think that the Clippers, they are who they are. I just, I thought they were going to come this into this season, Vinny, and start just slapping fools around. Like we're so upset about what happened against Denver. We're going to win, you know, we're going to win 50 plus games. We're going to go 55. And we just go, we're going to prove it as opposed to let's ease into the postseason. Let's be healthy. Three, the three seeds. Okay. You want to play Luca in the first round? Cause that's where they're headed. Luca or Dane. Like I wouldn't want to play either of them too. And the way Portland is starting to play now, they beat the brakes off of Indiana and then they beat the brakes off. Like they beat Memphis. Like they stole something after Memphis beat them twice in Portland. I mean, you want to play? You want? I, I don't. You like, can't be afraid of nobody at this stage, Gary. You Everybody think, but, you play in the West is a monster, right? Yeah, but I. But there's a couple of dudes that you just when they get the ball late in games, and I don't know. Like I, Anthony Davis don't do that for me. LeBron does, but like if you look at certain teams, you think can Dame or Luca win you a playoff series? Probably so. So if I'm the Clippers. Like, I got to get stuff right now to make sure that you're ready for that first round. Because that first round series, whatever it is, a 3-6 is going to be tough. I think if you are as good as you think you are, if you're the Clippers, you got to be willing to take on everybody. Like, there shouldn't be a team that you should fear this side of the Lakers. I mean, you fear the Lakers just because you know that their top level beats your top level. You know what I mean? Anthony Davis and LeBron however you slot them, can very well be one and three or two and three or two and four in terms of the top five players in the game. But aside from that, from a talent standpoint, you shouldn't be afraid of Portland. 
You shouldn't be afraid of Denver. Yeah, Dame and Luka are guys who can win you games. And if it's close enough, they can win you a series. Same goes for Chris Paul, theoretically. Your job is to make sure that it doesn't get that close. Your job is to make sure that it doesn't go to a game seven in Phoenix. Okay, cool. You guys beat Phoenix twice and then kind of sort of laid an egg earlier this week. You know, but Phoenix was going to be determined to win that game because they were at home and they didn't want to get swept in the season series. So I understand the urgency there. But with the Clippers, it's almost like they have a six-game winning streak. We yawn. They lose, they lose a bad game, and we're like, see, these are the real Clippers. These are the choking dogs, and that's their fault. They've created this narrative, not just these guys, but the Chris Paul teams have created this narrative. And you know, Gary, from being an L.A. native, you know you don't trust the L.A. Clippers. There's two teams you don't trust. It's the Clippers and it's the Washington Wizards. Those are two teams that, for whatever reason, you just you know you don't trust. And for different reasons and historically and everything else. But for me, the Clippers have so much talent. I like Ty Lue as a coach. I like their coaching staff. I like Rondo being there as, as leader guy. You know what I mean? As a guy, not just being leader guy, but being a guy that can theoretically put pressure on defenses, swing the ball back and forth, because they just specialize in making tough shots. And in the playoffs, yeah, you're going to make tough shots, but you don't want to take tough shots all the time. So for me, the question about the Clippers relies on, okay, mentally, where are they? Are they a team that still has these ghosts, these demons in their head from last year, or have they moved past it? If they haven't, and you got Paul George in a pressurized situation, your job is to make sure that Kawhi Leonard has the ball. <laughs> if, if you can't depend on Paul George, that's why Kawhi Leonard is there. So let's jump out east. Um, it's interesting. Like, is this what you're talking about? Celtics under Fire Danny Ainge, fire Brad Stevens. Is this what we're talking about? about the underachieving Celtics. Um, <laughs> three games above 500, the sixth seed at this point, but they can catch Atlanta, although they lost the season series to Atlanta, so Atlanta has a tiebreaker. They play the season finale at New York. That could, that could mean for, be for everything. That could be for four or five. That could be for employee to avoid the play-in. Just a lot of big things coming up in the last nine games for the Celtics. Um, Obviously, just an underachieving team, but the COVID situation really has taken a toll on them. I mean, I don't want to discount that. Uh, Jason Tatum has not been the same physically. Evan Fournier has not looked comfortable on the floor in a couple of games. He's been back. Tristan Thompson missed almost a month. The market, like they've had issues, but on the floor, chemistry-wise, they also have major issues. Can the Celtics win a first-round series? And can they be like that fourth team in the East to make the conference semifinals and maybe be a factor? I mean, Gary, that's a lot there. And like you said, you can't discount COVID. Like this is COVID. I know, I know people I have like COVID fatigue, you know what I mean? But that is a monster and you can't discount the effect that that has on individual players on a team's developing chemistry because you don't get the practice, practice together as is, and then you don't get a chance to play together. You can't discount that. Aside from that, I just think their flaw is they don't have enough bigs. Like, your bigs are not quality in an Eastern Conference anymore. Not that, it's, not that the East is full of behemoths, but two things. You don't have quality bigs, 
And if you're playing against teams whose best players are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant and James Harden, and you're Jason Tatum, as good as Jason Tatum is, as good as Jalen Brown is, as good as those guys have developed, because they've developed. You can't say those guys are busting anywhere that they've underachieved individually in any way. There's a space between those guys and the guys I mentioned. They would be better second options as opposed to the guys that have to lift your franchise and lift your team. And if that's a fundamental flaw, yeah, you can get to the fourth seat because you can be the best player on the floor in a playoff series. Jason Tatum can be better than Julius Randle in the playoff series. He can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so can Jalen Brown. Not That's no shot at Julius Randle because he's been great this year. But you're saying comparable-wise, you know, from a talent standpoint, they're at the same level. It's not an unattainable, you know, feat. For me, though, I just don't see it. I don't see the consistency throughout the course of the year where I can say, you know what, I believe in Brad Stevens. I believe in this roster. And it ain't just the top four or five guys. It's the seven or eight. Marcus Smart hasn't had a good year. He's been hurt, but he hasn't had a good year. You know, the only guys that you can truly say that you depend on are Tatum and Brown. And it shouldn't be that way when the Celtics have been set up the way that they were set up when they drafted Tatum and Brown. You know what I mean? Like, that's unfortunate. And And a lot of that got to fall on Brad and Danny, not just yes. one or the other. It's got to fall on both of those dudes. I think, <clears throat> I think the tough part is, okay, Kyrie leaves and then they have to figure out what to do with point guard. They could have easily brought back Terry Rozier, who has developed into a solid player. He has been, he has improved. His three point shot has improved. He has become a dog. He's always been a dog. You know, he's a Cleveland dude, Youngstown. He's a tough kid. And you sort of, and he had that swagger that like he should play more. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons why the locker room during that last year of Kyrie was not as together is because Rozier was biting his tongue about like, this dude's always hurt. This dude, I should, I should play more. And he's turned himself into a very good player in Charlotte. The Celtics could have held on to him, paid him the 18, gave him the three year 57, I think he got from Charlotte, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kept it moving. <laughs> And what they thought Kimba would be the answer. Kimba's coming off an all-star season. Kimba has paid his dues in Charlotte. I mean, I, I watched Kimba in person torch the Celtics on many occasions. 40, he had 43 one night on Kyrie. Like, he, Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah, that. When Kyrie was like, we, why are we doubling them? I mean, what's up with that? Like, every everybody in the league doubles Kyrie, but we don't. And so you thought that Kimba would come in and be a a seamless transition. And last year before the injury, he was, he was balling. But since then he has not even been kind of that third option where here's an open three hit that Kimba. He's he's struggled with a shot. And if he's not scoring, he's not going to stop nobody defensively. He can take charges. He's done that. So he's, he's got to be better. I think he is the entire key to this thing where he's got to stay healthy. He's out with a, oblique strain now but he's got to be like that number two plus option and I don't know if he's capable of that sometimes as you know because we look at guys and we think everybody's gonna play Taylor Kobe or Taylor LeBron some dudes at 30 that's they done that's when they start that's when that's when it starts turning Eve Francis McGrady we can name plenty of dudes at 30 
that played, you know, into the league at 18, 19, 20, played 10 yep. strong mm-hmm. years, and then at 30, you, you know, the slippage, the Allen Iverson, when that, mm-hmm. it's like that, especially for a small guy who hits the floor a lot. And I don't know if this is slippage from age or just confidence, but I think that Kimba is the key because I think you're going to get what you get out of Tatum and Brown. They know they're the, they've got to lead this team, but you can't depend on Marcus Smart to, to, to be a, the third scorer. He'll do it. He ain't right. good at it. Like, right. you know, it's, it's like we, plenty of things we do. We ain't good at it, but I like to do it. I'm, like, I'm not a good bowler, but I like to bowl. You know what I'm saying? You're not like, a good bowler, all, Gary? Man, I can't picture can can you being light on your feet, man. Come no, on. man. Yeah, exactly. I'm Twinkle just, toes. I'm just, I'm just, like Fred Flintstone. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, literally, there's things I'm, I like to do that I'm not good at. Marcus likes to score, likes to shoot. He just isn't very good at it. So you... But he'll do it if if he looks and I got I get Marcus. He's like, yo, like Jalen and Jason are killing themselves. We need a number three. Hey, why not me? Because Kim right. ain't doing it, so I'm gonna take this three. Right. So I think that the key is Kimba, and they gotta have, they gotta. This is one of those teams where everything's got to be perfect. And I blame Danny Ainge for not padding the bench. There are guys out there. You see Milwaukee making moves, Brooklyn making moves, mm-hmm. Philadelphia mm-hmm. still making moves, adding people. Why'd they add Blake Griffin just to support, supplement that bench? Why'd they, they sign Mike James off the street? Mike James can hoop. Mike James, he had, you know, he was out of the league for three years because he was, he was making that overseas money. And he said, hey, I didn't even know I want to come back to the league and get paid like 150, 188 or whatever right, the hell right, right. minimum when I'm right. making three playing right. for CSK, SK Moscow, right? <laughs> so like he, but he took the, you know, he wanted to try to win a chip. So he's with the Nets. Like the Celtics stayed pat with their roster. Now they added Jabari Parker, who if he gets in good premium shape, could probably help down the road because he's only 26. My God, he's got a lot of years that 26. But I tend yeah, to how old are them knees, Gary? Them knees exactly. are like 35. Like he's not, he's not, he, he doesn't have but five years left. I mean, there's certain guys I covered uh or got to know Leon Poe. Leon Poe had two knee surgeries by the time he got to the league. You said the doctors told him you got about six years in the league uh before you're starting, your knees will start telling you you can't play anymore. You'll be done by your and he was, he was done by like 28, right? Yeah. Um and, and so Jabari, you, I thought that was a nice pickup because right. they needed, but Ainge has done nothing to this bench. You got to go out and get the Garrett. I always think a guy like a Garrett Temple, a mm. dude who knows how to play, knows what to do when the, when he comes into the uh, Derek Rose. I love Derek Rose. Like Derek knows his role in yep. New York or even in Detroit. Like my role is to run offense and score. Yep. And hey, I don't need to start no more. And, and right. that's you need guys like that. And the Celtics held on this. They had this whole assets and wealth of draft picks, and they drafted them all. Didn't do a great job drafting, uh, you know. And this is the position they're in. So I think they have a shot. Like, could they push Philly to six games? Yeah, I don't think they can touch Brooklyn if Brooklyn's big three is playing. Um, but could they? Make make a difference, yeah. But it's nine games left, and y'all still trying to figure out why we losing Oklahoma City at home, why we letting Darius Baisley and Ty, why we letting Ty Jerome look like Steph Curry. Like that's the stuff you you can't let happen. You just 
there's some unacceptable losses. Like we talked about Milwaukee allowing a 50 ball to uh, Kevin, Kevin Porter. Porter. Yep. You know, and that's a bad loss. Every team, especially with this pandemic, has a bad loss. But you can't let – I mean, they couldn't stop Ty Jerome. Ty on his second or third team. Ty, you know, nice player. Like, was good at Virginia. Won a, won a chip. But, Lord, Darius Baisley getting – like, dunking on fools. Like, what's going on here? And you – that you can't let they have let things happen that you can't let happen. And so for me, I think it's all up to Kimba. They got to have a healthy Robert Williams. Everything's got to work out right. And it Everything hasn't all, break right. Every, and it break hasn't right. yet this season because they played the good teams. Vinny, this team has lost twice to the Pistons, twice to the Pelicans, twice to the Kings, once to the Thunder. I mean, once to the Wizards, when the Wizards were playing terribly, like, they have racked up losses to bat. And that's like nine games. If you win seven of those nine, you aren't even – you're talking about maybe making a third seed. You're not even having this conversation. Exactly. Not, I mean, but I think the problem is, like you said, Kimba having those left knee issues, him being 5'10". Like, we know Kimba ain't six feet tall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like He's a little guy. <laughs> yeah, when when you're and, and Kimba's and Kimba's at the height where if he loses a step, he loses two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's so dynamic, because he's so quick and shifty, that but his size doesn't help him. Like when you're that small, you have to be extraordinarily special. And he has been throughout the course of his career. Kimba Walker has been a much better NBA player than I would have projected him to be coming out of that 2011 draft, I think. 2011, it was. Yeah. I didn't see it because I just saw the hype being too much of an impediment, but he turned himself into a really, really good NBA player. And I don't think it's the end for him. I just think when you have those problems and didn't, didn't he have like the uh, PRP treatment or something like that? Yeah. The he season? had like an injection and, and you had a short off season to begin with, you know, because they were coming out the bubble. They made the conference finals and you could see it there that he was being hampered. The problem is you don't know if you got a lemon or if you got something, that can rectify itself over the next couple of years. But he's, if if I remember correctly, his shooting at the field and his shooting from three-point range are like his worst numbers since 2015. Yeah. Like before he made an all-star team, you know, type numbers when Kimball Walker was just another good ball player and not anything exceptional. And he has to be exceptional in order to take the pressure off of Tatum and Brown. But you're right about Danny Ainge. Like he has rolled... For you to roll sevens on that deal with Brooklyn and for Brooklyn to catch up to you before you're able to actually get to the NBA finals, that says a lot. And for me, Gary, this is year eight for Danny Ang, or for uh, Brad Stevens. The only guy that's been coaching longer than him in the East has been Eric Spolstra. Spolstra. Eight years is a long time. It and is. We, and we've seen Nate McMillan get fired. We've seen... Dwayne Casey in Toronto get fired. Not saying he should get fired, but I'm just saying eight years is a long time. It is a long time. And who's going to take the blame after all this? Who's going to stand up if they lose in the first round because they're in a 3-6 or something like that? And not even in the 4-5. If you're in a 3-6 and you lose to Milwaukee in the first round, if you're in a 4-5 and you lose to, you know, Miami or uh, New York or something like that, who's going to stand up and say, you know what, this is on me and it can't just be Tatum and Brown, or they weren't ready, or they weren't good enough. They physically aren't good enough. They aren't the mammoth human beings that Kevin Durant 
and Giannis and Joel Embiid are. They're playing up to their expectations. If they can't lift the team, it's because they weren't built to lift the team. That means you got to go get other guys to help build your team. And I don't know if Danny Ainge has done an adequate job in that. He's gotten high off his own supply. <laughs> Great example. I think, I think Danny has been too married to their draft picks. You got to click, like, you got to make tough decisions. Like, I always think, like, the Lakers, they went to Quinn Cook, was like, hey, bro, we like you. You know, you're a good team guy and you can play, but we need Andres. We need your roster, stuff, bro. Like, do something. Gotta go. Need, yeah. You know what I meant to ask you? You know what I meant to Gary, are the Celtics cheap? Well, definitely don't want to be in the luxury. They don't want to be repeat, repeat tax. That's why they traded Daniel Tice. Okay, because Daniel was helping them defensively. You don't trade a good defensive big. Tice right. couldn't avoid foul trouble. He got a lot of bad, like, no, tough calls from officials because he just, I mean, he was getting he was getting pushed around. There was plenty of times he got slapped in the face. Foul on you, dude. You know, <laughs> like, he, he couldn't buy a break. But they traded him to get under the tax. Um, that's a, that was kind of a big deal. And, and they also had two other bigs and Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams. But I think that Danny is too married to his draft picks, Carson Edwards. I like Carson, but he's a little guy, as we talked about, he hasn't, they thought, Oh, maybe we can get kind of an Isaiah Thomas thing out of him. You're going to have to do something with him in the off season. You're going to have to figure out, look at your roster and you can't have a bunch of dead weight in these days because other teams, championship teams, are filling their rosters with players who all serve a purpose. Alfonso McKinney from the Lakers, if he plays, he'll get in your ass. Like, there are dudes, you look at some of these guy, back guys at the end of benches, they're like, wow, that dude can really play. Yeah, he's, on, he's on that team. He should be playing more. Yes, like the Mike Jameses I just talked about. Or... Yep guys who can come in, like, you can't counter with Tremont Waters and Carson Edwards and Shimmy Ojale. It's, it, you're fighting knives in the gun. You're bringing a knife to a gun battle, like the other night against Brooklyn. Brooklyn, did, Kyrie was four for 19 and one for 12 in the second half. That's a game you need to win with no Durant, no, no Harden, without question. But you let Jeff Green and Joe Harris get veterans, I'm not, you know, Jeff Green has been a guy that we always thought he was going to be like a potential all-star eventually, but he's never reached that point. But what he has done is he stayed in the league because he's learned his role and he's been been better and more reliable in the last couple of years than he was in Boston and Oklahoma City. He has become like a higher gun. He'll come in. He came into Cleveland. He came, he came into, you know, he had a little stint with Utah. Now Brooklyn like he's still he's still athletic. Joe Harris can hit threes. You got pros. Those are pros. They're mm-hmm. not stars. They know their role. The Celtics don't have a lot of pros on their team. They got Jabari Parker. He's kind of a guy who could be, but you can't counter with Simi Ojale, Aaron Neesmith, who's a solid rookie. He'll be fine. And Peyton Pritchard and be like, okay, win this game. And right. it's like, that's that's Danny's fault. And as much as like I like Brad Stevens, he's a, he's a, been great to cover. He's is exactly what he says he is. There's been no well, he's got a dark side, or some of these coaches are nice to the media to certain media. No, no, Brad straight up, he's been as realist as I mean, literally 
you know, we're in the bubble, then he's literally walking around the, the little track with his wife, like every morning before games. Like that's, that's Brad Stevens. He's the guy when you go to Walmart and you see the picture of the family and the, when you buy in a frame, that's his family. Are you saying he's Ned Flanders? Yeah, that's his family. <laughs> like you pick up the picture and you go, wow, what a beautiful family. You know, the mother, the dad, and the son, the daughter. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And you, and you take it out and then you put a picture of your dysfunctional family um, <laughs> to replace it, right? Because, <laughs> you know, that's most of us, right? So um, Brad is that guy. But And I do think that he has been, his mistake is one, he has let the players over the years police themselves. And that's what happened a couple of years ago with the Kyrie thing where he was unaware that there was all these issues in the locker room and dudes were sniping at each other and there was factions until it was too late. And in this situation this year, I think he is kind of like not under, like he, he can't figure out why this team can't get it together on the floor. And I'm not, and, and, and so, but he's got limited resources. Right. He's trying to guard Giannis with uh, Shimi Ojale. He's trying to play Aaron Neesmith. And I like Peyton Pritchard's had a very good rookie year, potential all rookie team guy, maybe probably make the first or second fan, team. Oh, oh, he's going to be fan favorite when y'all, when y'all get fans back in Boston. Oh yeah. Oh, they love him. They, you know, they he, love him. They love because he plays hard and you know, obviously but other things. <laughs> but, um, but the thing is, is that he, I mean, he, he's had, you know, he should make all rookie team. He has had a, a very solid rookie year, but you're, Countering that with, with guys that are veterans, the Joe Harris or Milwaukee gets Bobby Portis off the street. Bobby, Bobby Hooping, you covered him in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Bobby's a dog. Bobby's been waiting for a chance to win, right? That's the thing. Where the Celtics can't get Bobby Portis two a year ago in your team, the Pistons, Markeith Morris was literally just chilling, waiting for somebody to trade for him. The Pistons didn't couldn't make work until they waved him, he goes to the Lakers. You couldn't have given up two second round picks for Markeith Morris, a dude with a, we all know Markeith got an edge to him. Absolutely. A tough maybe, big. Maybe y'all don't want those guys. Maybe. Exactly. It could be. It could be because he got an edge. He can hit the three. He can shoot. You know, why would, and you, and you literally just had his brother who loved Boston and liked playing in Boston and didn't really want to leave, but the Suns weren't going to pay him that 16 per. Right. But the Knicks did, and now the Clippers did. So you got guys out there that Danny could have gotten. You could you could co- trade a couple second-round picks. They literally waived Markeith, and Markeith went to the Lakers. Because if you're Markeith or any veteran in L.A., Miami, and Boston are coming after you, where do you think you're going to go? You got to be pro. You got to be proactive. But it's like you said, it's either one or two things. Either Danny doesn't want them, or he doesn't think that Brad can coach them. That, and if it's something because there's too many guys out here like the you know that you could sign for you know and I, I I like the Trisha Thompson signing. I think he does he is what he is. He's a great offensive rebounder. He needs to be he doesn't finish like he used to. There's been been years in Cleveland he was shooting almost 60% from the field because right. he's always shooting them little jump hooks, but he needs to finish better. But Trishan is what he is, right? You know, why not? Supplement your bench with more guys like that. Milwaukee goes and signs Bryn Forbes, an underrated signing because the Duke, you need shooters. Right. Bryn Forbes, like making $3 million a year. Like to me, there's too many guys who have been out here who can knock down a jumper, an open jumper, come into the game and hit three threes in six minutes 
that you've passed on because you want to keep Carson Edwards or you have this dedication to your draft picks and you don't want to say, hey, we failed. In every team, there is no patience for first-round picks anymore. Oh, no, no. Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. just got traded. Like, yep. Wendell Carter was playing decently for the Bulls. He wasn't bad. The Bulls was like, we can boost events? Do. Deuces to Orlando. Like, lottery picks get traded every year because if you ain't getting it done, we'll get somebody else who will. And it's like, Danny has been so married to, I got to keep this guy. We, what happens if he gets good? You just have to take that chance. Is it is it is it what if this guy gets good or is it I gotta fleece every team on every deal possible? It could be, and I think some teams don't want to deal with Danny because of the potential of that. And I think sometimes Danny wants the perfect deal. I mean, we can go back to the Indiana thing where it was Gordon Hayward for McDermott and um, Miles Turner, and he was like, "Oh, I want Old Depot or, or T.J. Warren." So you missed out on getting a productive big, and you know McDermott's a shooter. Yep. Instead, you get this trade exception, which you use to get Evan Fournier. I thought that was a solid deal. I like Fournier, but he ain't been right since COVID. Like, it's hard to judge him. Are they going to bring him back? We don't know because he's a free agent after the season. Could you have invested more to get Aaron Gordon? Um, would that have worked? You know, because but Denver offers Gary Harris, who's who's a always oh, injured, but he's still a young guy, and R.J. Hampton who's a guy who, I mean, he's perfect for Orlando because you, you know, they're going to play a bunch of kids. But in my opinion, I said the Celtics, a lot of it goes on Danny, and Danny's got it, whether it's like, I got to change his, you gotta, I got to change my approach, or I need some new people around me. You know, he's got Mike Zarin, a good guy, a numbers guy. He's got his son, Austin. Maybe you need to add a former player. Maybe you need to bring in, you know, uh, somebody put some brothers on the wall. Is that what you're saying, yeah. Sal? Put someone, some brothers on the wall. Someone who can give you a different perspective. Um, you know, like I always thought. I always thought Paul Pierce would help. Now, I was going to say uh, Paul Pierce is now available to yeah, be he's in available. someone's front office. He's not doing office. TV anymore. <laughs> he's not doing TV anymore. But, but I don't know if he, I don't know what's going to happen to Paul. But he's got some other business going on. That's what we've seen. He's got some other hustles. He'll he'll be fine. Um, what about Perk? Yeah, some I, I think someone I can't you know, believe I just said and, that and maybe, you on know, Al Gore's it, internet. I can't believe I just suggested on Al Gore's internet that the Celtics go out there and yeah, put Perk's Perk one of your guys, right? You know Perk. <laughs> um, someone like that. Now, you know, do you have to live full time in Boston? That could be a deterrent for certain guys. Hey, man, I live in LA. I live in Houston. I'm not trying to go back to the cold. It could be a deterrent, but if you could work out. A different you could bring in a different voice like you you've had this tight-knit group it's worked for the most part but over the last several years you drafted Ante Zizek you drafted Gershon Ebersele both over Pascal Siakam um you drafted Romeo Langford over you could add Brandon Clark in that draft you drafted Grant Williams like there are so many like what the hells even this year they gave away they didn't want to pay their another first round pick they gave it to Memphis who took Desmond Bain Desmond Bain shooting 40%. That's a grown-ass man. You seen Desmond Bain? NBA body. Grown. 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 40% three-point shooter. You The Celtics couldn't use it. Use Desmond Bain? You know what I'm saying? Like, you look at it, you're like, okay, something ain't right. Um, Something, either it's financial. Okay, you don't want to pay another, you don't want another guaranteed contract because you don't want to waive one of your previous picks. Like, 
sometimes you, this league's about tough decisions. It's about business decisions. This league's a business, as you know, Vinny, more than anybody. And I just think Danny has not helped out Brad Stevens. So it's hard for me to completely judge Brad Stevens on, well, you know, he, the, the same team made the team. No, that team last year had Hayward. That team last year had other guys who could help. This year, he is bringing guys to a gunfight. Last game, and, and they end up winning, they started Tremont Waters at point guard against uh, Rozier and, and Devontae Graham. Oh, yeah, they ain't going to get it done. I mean, it, now they end up winning because Jalen and Jason combined for 73, okay? Because Devontae Graham had 17 and a third. Devontae's a good player. I mean, That's it. I like him he, a lot. He's, he's fun to watch, and he's one of them dudes with a chip on his shoulder because he's a second-round pick. And, you know, Charlotte, and we can talk about this on another podcast, Charlotte's a team that finally, I mean, MJ. I like P.J. Washington. I like Miles Bridges. Yes. Um, they got some get, players. Yeah, you get you get um, Zeller and Biombo off, the, off, your, off your books. And you bring in another guy along with LaMelo. I mean, woo, they – They'll compete, and I think Borrego's a, a, a guy is an improving a coach. coach. He's a decent you know, he's, coach. He's, he's an improving coach, a guy who is, um, you know, kind of didn't have much of a name. Did a little, you know, was entering in San Antonio and I mean um, Orlando, but he, you know, moving on. Like we'll wrap this up soon. But what do you think of the East? Like, let's go. Like, is it Brooklyn's to lose if they're healthy? What do you? Do you is Philadelphia for real? Like, are we still asking if Philadelphia for real? Yes, we're still asking about Philadelphia. Yes, because because of Ben Simmons. Because of Ben Simmons. Like, that's the only reason we're asking. It's Ben, because can't shoot, won't shoot. Can't stop, won't stop. We got can't shoot, won't shoot. As good as Ben Simmons, and he might be defensive player of the year and all that, and all that is fine and, and well and good. But if you are a player who cannot be counting on the shoot outside of the paint in the half-court situation, that, that's a tough one for you to be the second best player. It's it's Brooklyn's to lose if they're healthy. Kevin Durant is back and he looks like Kevin Durant. He looks like himself. He looks like and I was and and Gary, you might think I'm wrong. I thought Kevin Durant was the best player in basketball before he got hurt. Before he before he hey. got hurt the first time, I thought Kevin Durant was the best player in basketball and had been for a couple of years. We just didn't want to say anything against LeBron James because the last time we said LeBron wasn't the best player, he hijacked the NBA finals in 2016 and we never fixed our mouth to say anything against that man yeah. again. So, if you got KD, a Kyrie that's not intent on t- taking a PTO, and, um, <laughs> and James Harden, a healthy James Harden. James Harden's never really been injured throughout his career. This has been an anomaly for him. And, I, and with it being a hamstring, you being a, a former Laker fan, and Magic popping a hamstring, you know, wimping out. Wimping that's, out. Why, that's, why, that's why the Lakers didn't win in 89, but let's, let's move. That, you know, that's, we'll... that's why the Lakers just got swept. They would have they got a game. <laughs> <laughs> but they were gonna lose and they was gonna lose anyway. But you don't want to take the chance of popping a hamstring because once you pop it, you're done. So you, you take the long game with James Harden. Their ceiling is just too high. You got three supreme shot creators that can make that can create their own shots late. And now you got all these other guys that are growing into their roles because they've been forced to play more minutes. Now they're just gonna be more confident on the back end, not just the DeAndre Jordans, but, you know, really some of those guys on the back end in Brooklyn, I don't see how if they're healthy, they don't win at all. It's just too much top-level talent. Even though their defense isn't very good? Their offense is so historically great. His, not just good, 
not even just great, historically great. And we haven't seen them play together. So maybe there will be a little bit of your turn, my turn, Gary, a little bit of that. And I'll, I'll grant you that. But I think they'll tr- they'll probably figure that out. I thought they figured that, that, that out when Kyrie said, you know what, James, you're the point guard now. I feel like that was going to be the biggest thing because basically that, that means that while Harden is the biggest decision maker, KD is still the first option. And as long as KD is the first option, to me, I think everything else sort of falls, falls into place. The defense does trouble me. And that's where Milwaukee, to me, can sneak in. I don't look at Philadelphia as the second team in the East. I look at Milwaukee as the second team in, in the East just because they're kind of lurking in the weeds and assuming that Giannis is healthy, you got three really, I'm going to say solid guys. Solid is an understatement. But you got three really damn good ball players in Middleton and Giannis and then Drew Holiday. And then you can go eight deep, you know, with the Bobby Portis's, with the P.J. Tuckers, you know what I'm saying, with guys like that. So your role players might be better than Brooklyn's role players, but I feel like the ceiling just goes so high. But I do give Milwaukee a puncher's chance in a, in a playoff series against Brooklyn. I do give them that. And what, what about the Sixers? They're going to lose? Like, what do you, you, you think? I got to see it. You, they got to show me. It's just a show me thing with Philly. I know it's a show me thing in Milwaukee too, but with Embiid playing the way that he's playing, I love Tobias Harris being the guy that just doesn't give you, like I, I used to say, you, you know, you could say back then, you know, that Tobias would just give you 18 every night. You know what I mean? No matter what you needed, if you needed yeah. a little bit more, he would give you 18. If you needed a little bit less, he'd give you 18. But now I feel like he's ascended beyond that. Maybe that's playing for Doc Rivers, who, you know, he seemed to have a really good relationship with. But I feel like he stepped forward. My problem is that Ben Simmons is the exact same player that he's been since he's been drafted. And I don't think that's good enough, not in this Eastern Conference, not this year. Ben Simmons needs to be a superstar. Embiid is an MVP, but he still needs a superstar to play with him because Brooklyn is that good. And what about, uh, are there any other dark horses in the East, the Knicks, the Hawks? I would, um, I'm a member of, uh, of, of the uh, Heat Hive. I am you think a member. You can make a run. Yeah, I do. Only because I saw him do it last year. Yeah. And I don't know if Oladipo changes anything for them if he actually plays just because I don't know if I believe in him anymore. You know what I mean? And believing him as an impact player. I know he wanted to get to Miami. I know there was some stuff going on in the bubble last year that, that had, had people, you know, looking at him sideways. But I believe in Jimmy Butler, and I believe in Bam, and I believe in Eric Spolstra. And I don't think that the bubble last year was a fluke. I just think they were built to be in the bubble better than other teams were. And I think they legitimately made the finals last year. I don't think it was like a, a, a Nixon 99 type of thing, you know, even a 76ers and 01 where they just caught lightning in a bottle. I think that team was good enough to get there. I wouldn't want to play the Heat if they get their act together in a seven-game series. I just don't know, like the Celtics, if 63 games in, if you aren't who you are and if I'm expecting more because what you did last year. But if there's a team that I would say as a dark horse, if I got to choose one over the Knicks, I would say the Miami Heat. I mean, that's the thing, Vinny. I mean, the East is kind of crazy because you look at the Knicks, they're a tough out. They, they play Tibbs' style. You, you know, you, you know Tibbs. Mm-hmm. They play hard defense. Julius Randle's a dog. And you got a bunch of other guys who have been like castoffs other places, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, um, dudes with Alec, something. You know, Alec Burks, all those yeah, guys. Yeah, dudes with something to prove, like who yep. are mad at the league because the league, previous teams that scarred them, didn't, didn't respect them, you know. 
and now they won't respect in their name. And mm-hmm. so they play hard. Then you bring in D Rose. Um, and you got RJ Barrett has improved immensely. Watching him, he had six threes against remember, he couldn't shoot coming in. He had six threes no, he a couple weeks ago against the Celtics. He has turned into a, a very good player. Um, obviously from that draft. I mean, you Barrett's gonna be a star. They're tough. Atlanta, I think just with the wealth of talent that they have. Now Nate with some discipline, and I like Lloyd Pierce. I don't know what happened there. It's kind of tough. I like Port, Lloyd's a good guy. I don't know why suddenly they play harder or play better for Nate. Um, but Nate has got them going. Trey, John Collins, they're sneaky. Boston, and then you look at like Miami. So that's seven teams. And then if Charlotte's the AC and they get Lamelo and Hayward back, I mean. That's there ain't no there's no Orlando's or you know there's no 500 teams in the like bad teams in the East that are gonna sneak in and let and who knows if Washington comes in you got Westbrook and Beal with a with an agenda. oh no I don't trust Washington they'll be a tough out but I ain't trusting the Wizards I ain't trusting team can't get right version East <laughs> well I mean, you just look at it like this the East is a challenging it's a it's a balanced set because like Charlotte is playing well without Hayward and LaMelo because they got so many guys. I mean, obviously, that's what happened. You load up a bunch of lottery picks because you've been mm-hmm. bad so many years. Some of them, them dudes start to develop. And in Miami, I like the Heat, but there's something missing. It's just something missing from last year. I don't know if it's the Hero Robinson thing. Uh, I, I, it just something doesn't seem right about the Heat. They lose another the other night at home to the Bulls. Like, it just seems like can they galvanize that to make another yep. run with Jimmy as the lead dog? Like I don't know, and I think losing Jay Crowder hurt them. It's hard. It's you hard. Know, and but you know you've got Oladipo if he comes back healthy. Iguodala is always a factor in the postseason. He shows up. Like they could make a run, but it just, something doesn't seem right. With the Heat, it's like Luther Vandross's curl. The curl oh, never don't. quite curled all the way it never uh, quite please returned. do not send me emails about luther i love luther big luther skinny luther i loved luther I medium love luther don't forget about medium luther. medium luther i love this man still i mean i i feel bad that the young people never really got a chance to see how great he was he, he passed away Ooh. tragically he was great <laughs> Vinny's old enough to remember luther as a young guy but yeah let's let's <laughs> Luther's a great, all-time great. Let's not get all Luther's curl. Anyway, <laughs> the West, um, how do you if, see the West? If the, Lakers, if the Lakers are healthy, it's a different conversation. If the Lakers aren't healthy, then it, I won't say it's a free-for-all, but if the Lakers, if LeBron isn't healthy, I, I, even, even Anthony Davis, if LeBron is healthy, it changes the math for everybody because even though Lakers won't have home court advantage, there's, there won't be arenas filled to 100% capacity to make it a true home court advantage, at, at least, you know, most likely. Um, but if you're the Lakers, the only team that you really would worry about would be the Clippers, I think. I don't think they fear the Clippers. I don't think they fear anybody. But I think the Clippers will be the only – I think those two will be the only teams on each other's radar. I think they have too much size for Phoenix. I think they have too much versatility for Utah – but if the Lakers are not a factor, and it's hard to see the Lakers not being a factor, just I give the Lakers that respect. I can't believe I'm fixing my mouth to say the Los Angeles Clippers. 
Oh, it, or the Denver Nuggets. I mean, it could be Denver. Let me ask you this. Who is the general manager of the Clippers? Why are you? Why would you? Why would you do that? <laughs> Just thing? asking. The I general forgot. manager of the Clippers is Lawrence Frank. Okay. Just wanted to know. Oh, he just for for those uninitiated. Uh, I used to cover the Detroit Pistons back in the you know back in my beat writer days when I was really really young, and Lawrence Frank was the coach of the Pistons for a couple of seasons, and let's just say me and him did not necessarily have the best of relationships. relationships. We we used to we used to battle. We we used to battle. We, we we used to battle. So Gary is is saying to me, I guess are you asking me to give Lawrence Frank some credit? I think he deserves something. I mean, he's built a good roster. We'll see what happens. I don't think he deserves any That's Jerry, yet. Jerry West. You know Jerry West is over there, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I understand. You uh-huh. you giving me Lawrence Frank. I'm just telling you that Jerry West is over Jerry there. Jerry West is over there making calls too, making calling shots. Jerry Jerry West, Jerry West is over there as the as put it like this. I just think it was amazing that Doc Rivers brought in Lawrence Frank as an assistant coach. Then Lawrence Frank got the biggest glow up in the world. Like it was like Lane Kiffin glow. He went from assistant coach on the bench to the front office to the general manager who had to then fire Doc Rivers. That yeah. is a glow up. Yeah. No comment. Like, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was interesting how all that went down. Um, so is there any team in the East, sorry, the West, Portland, Denver, Dallas, Memphis, that, you know, can – Make Denver. any noise, or is Denver. it just? Are we are we just talking about it's just going to basically basically be Phoenix, Utah, and the LA teams and the semis? And because if you're if you're if you're the Lakers now, like you your road is not good, like tough, obviously not good. Denver, then Utah, then either Phoenix or the Clippers. Like you're going to have to go through two. You're going to have to have two very emotional physical series to get to the finals. Like there ain't no Portland and Denver pairing. It's Denver, then it's Utah, then whoever fights it out and wins between the, the Suns and the, and, the, and the Clippers. I think Denver is a team because I would you would have thought that once Jamal Murray got hurt that it was just over. But they've put it together. They've they, and they don't even play any different. You know what I mean? They haven't changed their style of play. They've just plugged in different. They just plugged in different pieces. We're getting a lot more of Jokic, a little bit more here, a little bit more there, a little bit more on the fringes. Nobody's really playing a, like above their heads aside from Michael Porter Jr. But he's talented enough. He's always sort of had to suppress himself with all the talent over there. So they're just giving him the ball more and just letting him rock, right? So for me, that's a team that can crash the party. That's a team. I think Jokic is the MVP. I don't really think it's that close. I think we're trying to talk ourselves into, you know, the Gary Washburn vote this year. And there's no reason to talk ourselves into the Gary Washburn vote. There's no, I'm just, I'm just playing Gary. No, no. You can play, that's funny. Like, you, you ain't voting for staff? That's my, that, 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 that would, would be, be the Gary Washburn, Washburn vote, vote this year, right? That'd be the huh? Washburn vote, right? That would be the Washburn vote. The Warriors are, would be low a high lottery team without Steph, they're gonna be in a playing with him because he, the next best player is Andrew Wiggins. So they, look, you saying high lottery, yeah, real high lottery team. Yeah. 
They'd, yeah. be, fit, they'd be 15 wins without him. Yeah, they'd, exactly. they'd be the Orlando so, Magic. If someone votes for that, and I'm not saying it's going to be me, but if someone votes in that direction, I would not be coming down on them like people came down on me. But I get it. Gary just say, letting y'all know. Gary just letting y'all know what that vote going to be. Just, so when Steph gets a vote, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being funny. <laughs> I think Steph's had a great year, but I don't think he's an MVP at this point. I think Jokic has done tremendously taking Denver to the next level. They built off that run last year, and they've been beset with injuries. You know, like I said they didn't have Gary Harris much this year until they traded him. Uh, Murray's now out, and Will Barton got hurt the other night. Um, you know, they signed Austin. They, they didn't sign Doc's son. Doc's son's made, you know, Austin is trying to resurrect his career, and they got Aaron Gordon. They made some moves, and Denver's a, a, a sneaky team, a team that, you know, game one and two in Denver against the Lakers, the altitude, you know, you would think they can maybe split that and make it an interesting series. Um, you know, we'll see. I just think so much depends on the Lakers and their health. Like they're not, Absolutely. they're not playing well with AD. Like they wanted Orlando, uh, you know, when AD said that was a must win. Um, we'll see how they do over the next couple of games. Well, the Lakers are, the Lakers are built around LeBron. They're not built around Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, as great as he is, is a supplemental piece there. They have built, and I felt like the Lakers should start building around Anthony Davis, you know, because he's the type of franchise talent and he's younger, and you make and you start. Remember the Magic Kareem sort of shift in LA? Yes. I felt like that's what this year was going to be. And then I realized that LeBron James will never take a back seat to anybody as long as he's playing. No. But I felt like that was going to be the roster shift, the shift to build around Anthony Davis as opposed to around LeBron. And who knows what that would look like. So he's not built to carry that team right now. That team is built to be carried by LeBron. And if LeBron ain't there, then that team, they will play good defense, but they don't have the shot creation. They don't have the creativity offensively to keep, to do more than keep them afloat. Because they've lost some close games uh, yeah. throughout this. Their, their defense, Frank Vogel's defenses have always been good. I give him all the credit in the world for that. And, that, and honestly, they've played better than I've expected them to play with LeBron and AD. I thought they were going to free fall. They haven't. They played around 500 ball. And when LeBron comes back and if he's healthy and if that ankle sprain is as fully healed or as close to fully healed, then they're going to be a monster to deal with in the postseason, no matter what seed they are. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I thought they would at least get home court, but that's out of the question now. Um, so you, they're starting the playoffs on the road. With the Lakers, I'm not worried about LeBron or AD. I'm just worried about the other guys, the Wesley Matthews. Schroeder, I've always liked him. Um, but let's see what he does with big time, high pressure games. Um, they've kind of, you know, guy like Taylor Horton Tucker, will he step up? Um, Montrez, I, I like Montrez. Will teams figure out a way to neutralize him as, as they have in the past uh, with some of his limitations? I'm just worried about the bench. I think that they're, they're a top heavy team, but um, you know, and, and Andre Drummond, your boy from Detroit, the, you know, Andre, I like Andre. I think he can be a real factor for them. Can he play with AD and LeBron? Can he get, to, can he be 17 rebound Andre as they might need certain nights? Can he pass the ball? He's not a great passer out the double team. Like there's certain things. There's a reason why Andre's 
kind of got traded from Detroit to Cleveland because Detroit just got tired of it. And then there's a reason why he's on his third team. And, and that's nothing. He's made a good career. Like, yes, he has. dude was a one and done at UConn, a real relative unknown, had a solid freshman year, but nothing that no one thought he would be a force like he has been. And he's developed and he's play, he plays hard or whatever. But is he ready for this? He's, he's not never been past the first round. Is he ready for big time basketball? Um, I think that's the que- I think that's the question. Like, if there's a question to ask, because I like Andre a lot, and I know you know sometimes the production goes up and down, which usually to me happens with young younger type bigs. He's 27. Now. You can't call him you know a kid anymore, but the expectations are much higher now. You know what I mean? Like in Detroit, the highest that the expectations got, Blake Griffin was playing next to him. Now the high expectations are with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the specter of the Los Angeles Lakers. Like you're playing for the number one franchise, arguably in all sports. But the expectations are higher for the team, but they're not higher for him. Like he doesn't have to carry a team. You're asking him to finish around the rim. You're asking him to defend and rebound. Those are the things that he is great at. Is it or he can be great at, you know, as far as the consistency has always been, you know, the question, but he can be great at defending the the realm. He can be great. He is a great rebounder. He can be great at finishing. And if you get a little bit of that greatness out of him, not it doesn't have to be every night because the Lakers got Mark Gasol, they got Montrez Harrell, you got Anthony Davis, who can play five. And, the, you know, the Lakers can play different variations of different lineups. So in the playoff series, you know, it's going to be different. But, you know, he's having to defend Joker. You know, it, you know, it, having to defend the Joker, having to defend the JaVale McGee, keep those guys, you know, honest to some degree. That's the question. But if LeBron ain't there, or LeBron ain't right, then none of this other stuff matters. Like Anthony Davis yeah. hasn't been, you know, a full Anthony Davis this year, even when he has been on the floor. So... I think that's one of the reasons why you just can't depend on AD because he misses 30 games with a calf injury. Like he's never been, I mean, he's, he, he'll, he's headed to the hall of fame. He's one of the all time, not all time, all time, but like top 50, he'll finish as a top 50 player, maybe top 30, all, you know, depending on in people's opinion. Um, he's a top he, 30 talent. I don't know if he's a top 30 player. Yeah. When it's all said and done, but the, the the fact is, is his health has always been, you know, some of the nagging injuries, the smaller injuries, that, like, literally missing 30 games with a calf. Now, if it's one of those KD things where it was a Achilles camouflaging as a calf and end up being his Achilles, then that's a problem. Um, I, I understand that. But, like, we have yet to see the full AD you know, unleashed, like, yes. like, like we, I think we saw it in the finals last year and I, I wish I was in a bubble with you. Cause I would have said it after the first two games. I think I said, Anthony Davis MVP. And then I said, I said it to other people. Oh, he'll never get another good shot. The rest of this series to ensure that he don't win the MVP. No, <laughs> no that, he was, that was LeBron's, that was LeBron's all the way. But I mean, I just, I just want to see them, and I just don't know. It's just like we talked about the Celtics. Can you turn it on this late? Or do you, I mean, how many games do the Lakers need? Can you play through things in a first round series with Denver? Like you done messed up, you done messed up now. Cause if he's playing Memphis, you can work some of these kinks out a little bit, right? If he was playing maybe Luca and them, maybe yeah, you yeah. Know, because they're limitations. Denver is like, okay, we got first two games. 
at home in the altitude. We're gonna run, we're gonna try to run y'all off the floor with LeBron coming back from an ankle, ain't played in 30 plus games, and AD being AD. We're gonna try to run you guys off the floor and at least try to get a split and take our chances going back to Staples Center. So I think with the Nuggets and Lakers, that makes a very interesting series. I question it. I've always questioned the Nuggets' heart that when the Nugget when it comes down and, and last year was different. They stepped up, but they were always playing from behind. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, can the Nuggets win a tough road game? Last year, there's no way, Vinny, they win game seven in Staples last year outside the bubble. They beat the Clippers in Staples. I don't think You don't think so? I don't think that like I think the comb. They might not win game five. But yeah, I think if you get I, to I game seven, win, I don't if you get to a game it, seven, it's maybe anything could go. But I don't think they goes. win two. I don't think they win two straight games in Staples to win that series. If it's if it's like the regular atmosphere in the bubble, that really helped them out. The same I think with Miami, where Miami don't not a great home crowd. Um, there was no home court advantage, so Miami just you know they beat the, they beat up Boston and they out basically out tough them. And then they just didn't have enough talent and health to, to stay with the Lakers. But I think that I'm looking forward to the play. I think it's going to be some great series. It's not as compelling. Your AC will be likely Memphis. Um, you know, who knows what San Antonio Golden State will do in, in the play in. One, one last before we go. What's your take on the Pelicans, man? I, I, I mean, again, I'll say they're not going to make the playoffs. They right. add Zion. They've been. Zion's been healthy all year. So is Brandon Ingram. So is Josh mm-hmm. Hart. Lonzo's been the only one out. Like they made all these moves. Eric Bledsoe, uh, Stephen Adams. Like they got vets. They, they were, and, and it's like, why did they? Why did you guys fire Alvin Gentry? Because this is this is what Gentry did. And Gentry had health issues. Probably, you know, he right. had like half Zion. Right. So what's your what's your what's your take on the Pelicans? I, I think the roster construction has been more of an issue. I, I know uh, Boston's favorite sports writer, Bill Simmons, called Stan Van Gundy the worst coach in the league. I think that's way, way too heavy-handed and unfair. Yeah, they've blown some leads this year, but I don't look at that as a function of, of coaching. I think I think Stan's a much better coach than people give him credit for. I think where he got in trouble in Detroit was is as far as the team building side, not necessarily, you know, you know the coaching on the floor. But the, the Bledsoe-Lonzo ball combo I've never been in love with that. Um, I've never been in love with Steven Adams playing next to Zion. Like, I felt like you needed a different sort of big because there's no space. Like, if it's the one thing that Ingram and Zion have, I, I feel like they have chemistry. They can play together. Those guys both get their own shots up pretty easy, and they don't operate in each other's space. Like, there's no overlap. Like, you can say with Jalen uh, Brown and Jason Tatum, there may be a little bit of overlap. There isn't any overlap with Zion and Brandon Ingram. They operate in their own space. So that's not an issue. I think it's an issue of everything around them where how much should Eric Bledsoe be, be playing? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that type of thing is, is, makes me cringe a little bit. Um, and I do think they have to improve their guard play. I like Lonzo Ball, but I don't know if I like him on that team. <laughs> like, like I won't say he's passive, but – he doesn't do things to make defenses uncomfortable. Yeah. He's a product. He makes shots as a product of defenses being uncomfortable with Zion and with Ingram, but he doesn't do anything to make those guys get easier shots. And to me, that's 
what your point guard should be doing at this stage for those two younger guys. So, and blowing leads is a, often a product of point guards not being able to handle and control the tempo of games when, you're, when you've got a 10-point lead and you just need to control the game in the last yeah. four or five minutes to where it doesn't get to Zion getting whacked upside the head, you know, by Nikola Jokic in the last seconds of a game. You lose a game before you get to that point. So I think that's those are things they got to address. I like David Griffin as an executive. I like Stan Van Gundy as a head coach. I feel like they should be able to put things together, at least be in the play-in this time next year. Well, Vinny, uh, didn't want to take too much more of your time. Real quick, your finals uh, winner and your MVP. My MVP is Nikola Jokic. I don't think it's even close. Um, my finals winner, I can't believe I'm fixing my mouth to say this, but I think in all likelihood it'll probably be the Brooklyn Nets. And rookie of the year, Edwards or LaMelo? Or is it, is if LaMelo came back quicker... It would be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Like when I heard that he was going to have basketball activity, I'm like, oh, okay, he'll be back like this week. And then he still he hasn't been back yet. Yeah, he hasn't been back. But Anthony Edwards, he's incrementally gotten better every month. Like yeah. he's not only does he get buckets, but he's like, I think he can get better defensively, you know, through you know, through his career and everything like that. But he's explosive. I like him a lot, man. Yeah, athlete. Your minds, I'm gonna say the Nets. Um, I'm gonna give it to Anthony Edwards. My MVP, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look at the numbers, crunch the numbers a little bit. Uh, but it's I think Jokic has got it because I say MB didn't play enough games. Attendance matters. Gary, yes. you went to high school. You were you hundred yeah. percent attendance, Gary? I was not, but I was close. <laughs> I missed a day or two here and there, but yeah, you gotta be there. You gotta you can't declare yourself the MVP Vinny and then miss the next game with a sore shoulder. Like which he did last Saturday in Milwaukee where they got spanked national TV. Like that's the game you just lost to the, the bucks and you yep. come back. I'm, you know, like basically I am the, I am MVP. Okay. Joel, show me, show me, show me. And then you sit out and watch your team get lose by almost 40. So, well, Vinny, it, it means you're valuable. It does mean you're valuable. Maybe <laughs> he's trying to prove a point, but I don't think it worked. You're backfired. Vinny, thank you, brother. Always a pleasure. Um, we'll have to do this again soon. If you finish work, it's on Yahoo. Read it religiously every week. Columns, good stuff. Insight into the league that you probably won't see anywhere else. And all just all around good guy, great writer. Vinny Goodwill, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner. <laughs> oh, God. <you're> <laughs> That's it for this week's Washburn Files, uh, we went a little longer this week because we're having so much fun. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about the Celtics uh, weekend games. They got San Antonio Friday, then Portland and Dame and them coming in Sunday. Um, then a little road trip to Orlando and Chicago. So we'll talk next week and stay safe, mask up, and we will see you have a great sports weekend.